0: I left my family. I left my kids. I left my nightclubs, my parking company, $35 million to fight the fight. And both families, Gambino and the Banano family. Joe Messina, the boss of the Banano family, I helped him against the guys who were ratting against him. He turned state evidence in World His underboss, Salvatalli, came in and he ratted. Captain Frankie Copey, he ratted. And alongside them, there was other guys in their family that ratted. Along with my family, the boss, John Gotti Jr., he ratted. Ronnie one arm, you have the opening statement. He ratted. He said that I would kill him if he wasn't nice to me. And after I tried to help him beat the case. Mikey Scars, DeLonardo, John Gotti Jr.'s right-hand man. He ratted. Greg DePalma, another one of John guys, main guys. He ratted. Rat Dom, another one of his made guys. He rat. Mikey Scars had Joe, little Joey DeAngelo and John Jr. had him rat because they turned on him. He had nowhere to go. Another guy, Mikey Scars' brother, they they buried him, so he had to, he had to come in. And I won't use the word rat for these guys because these guys were left in no man's land by all the captains. Made guys giving these guys up one at a time.
1: Welcome everyone to another episode of Mafia Truths. I'm Felix Savine to my right, John A. Light, and to my left, his son, Johnny A. Light. Uh, Before we get into it today, quick reminder, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Our Patreon has gotten really popular over the last couple of weeks. Um, We're doing live call-ins every month now where you get to call into the show and talk to to John and ask him all your personalized questions live. Uh, We'll post... Obviously, that, that on Patreon, but also on our YouTube channel, so people can uh, kind of see what people are asking, and if they want to become part of that Patreon family, they can join. Uh, we also have some exclusive uh, content that will only be on the Patreon, such as uh, Sammy Gravano's tapes of when he was first interviewed out of jail uh, about John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you're just Sorry,
0: everybody. Uh,
1: I- including Rave Night footage. And and then also, if you want to buy these uh, Johnny Light sign bats uh, johnnylate.com uh, is the place to do so and you get a uh, a discount if you uh here wait let's show them the, right let's turn that that, oh, way, right. that way that way that way boom there You go, uh, you can see that you can get the custom signed bat by John. And um, did they
0: notice my signature's getting bad? <laughs> my handwriting, I can spell good, I just can't write good. Sorry,
1: <laughs> hey, you are spelling? Question, uh, uh, yeah. oh, I can uh, spell, anyways. So, uh, yeah, join the Patreon, of course. And then, um, I think that's about it. And then, you also have your new book coming out that's uh, you can pre order it on johnnylate.com. You get that signed if you want as well. Uh, so everything, uh, johnnylate.com, and then, um. I think that's it plugging away anything else you need to tell the masses before we get into it
0: true john a light instagram
1: oh yeah true john A light instagram
0: and, and we want to hear what he has to say i used to be able to beat him up but i keep the bat <laughs> next to me now just in case
1: i'm getting old too man <laughs> <laughs> so all right let's talk about it because i think um so first of all it's my first time meeting you i mean obviously I've, we've talked for a, for a good amount of time but uh i'm curious to pick your brain a little bit about um, I'm sure a lot of people out there are curious to pick your brain about what it was like being the the son and growing up around uh, this chaos over here. Um, chaos you know is a great word. Yeah, <laughs> Just kind of like'll bring this close Just what it meant to you, um, you know to or what it means to you now to 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 know you know to know your dad's history, but also, um, you know, the effects that it has on on the families of those involved because uh, oftentimes you know we'll hear the interviews of the member the former members but not of their families so kind of what what was it like you know as a young kid um with this dad
2: well i mean to start he you know we were surrounded by it our whole life so whether it was on my mother's side um my father's side something that we're always around and involved in i don't think you truly process it when you're a kid you know um i think as you get older you start to realize and it's not and as you get older and when you start to understand more, it becomes harder. And then I guess there's a way where you kind of come to terms with it and you try and steer away from it in a way. Whereas when you're younger, you're kind of naive and you're stuck there and you're not really processing as to what, how serious things are, who's around, where you are, what you're getting yourself into. And you know, and in our unique situation, it wasn't the easiest you know, it got to a point where it wasn't easy at all. And you're, you know, you're on the defense a lot. And, and people don't talk about what happens to the kids and what happens to the family and, you know, what we go through. And it was not easy whatsoever.
1: So how old were you when you first kind of understood what your dad did?
2: I feel like I was young. I always feel like even even like he tells stories when I was a kid, I was always grabbing water pistols and like running around and like trying to be with them. And again, you know, it's something that you don't process and you think it's it's dad's job, you know, mm-hmm. this is what he's going to do. He owns clubs, he's, uh, you know, he knows everybody. And, you know, you're walking down the street and somebody says, hey, say hello to your father, you know, send my regards, here's 100 bucks. Like, you know, you don't realize. And, you know, those are when, those are the times when I was real young. And then as you get older, then you start to kind of realize yourself as to what is what, where are you, whose sons you're around, um, you know, whose uncle, who's who are the older guys that I'm around, you know. Go, go, go bring this over here. Go do this over here. John, you know, you want to play on our softball team. Do you, you know, you want to play two hand touch on our football team? You're not realizing who you're playing with and like the guys that I was around too. And, you know, as I got older, you start to process that and you're like, well, you know, there was definitely a turning point in my life. And and a lot of it had to do with when he did come home and we did butt heads a lot when he came home. And, you know, as every, a lot of people might know, my older brother's incarcerated. So, and I was always with him. So we weren't always the smartest of the bunch. And especially when you don't have the father figure or him around to tell us what to do. So, you know, all you're trying to do is kind of live live up to that in a way. And you don't, you know, obviously not to even close to that scale. And, you know, you come to a point in time where you feel like that money, that power and stuff like that is the definition of say success. So you want to get to that point and you do silly things and as you Mm. as i started to get older and do certain things in business and work for different types of companies as when my other brother my older brother didn't you start to see that that tough guy Mm. mentality and like i want to be on the street to get respect isn't the real respect because i used to serve tables and you know do um caterings and stuff like that and i started to really Latch on to the the image that these doctors and stuff had. And I was like, wow, I want to be in with the money and like this stuff. Like, you know, forget the street stuff. Like, look at this surgeon. Like, he's mm-hmm. pulling up in a Porsche. He's going back to his big mansion. Like, yeah. you know, everybody knows him. He's got a great watch on. So I think that's where I
1: started to like pull away from that. So you're, so you have a birthday coming up, which is exciting. So happy <sighs> birthday. Thank you. And then, so Me, you, you're
0: not getting any gifts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... So you're born. So you're eighty. Uh, I'm ninety. Ninety one. Mm-hmm. Um, so where were where were you at at that point?
0: Uh, actually, when he was born, I came home from jail the next day. Okay. And then I show up to the hospital. He was born in Jersey by wow. uh, St. Peter's Hospital.
1: Did Did the and, two play a role? Like the day that they were <clears> to <throat> release you? Did they know that? No, no. Okay. No, they didn't. And so, and so at that point, you were where were you at in your mafia life? I was in the
0: middle of, of in and out of jail. And the famous cake that you see at the at the club at the bourbon right. was the going away party that the Gottis and Pete Gotti and Bobby Boreal and the rest of these guys were having a, a, a going away party for me and for his uncle. His uncle was going to jail. I was going to jail. Uh, and his other uncle was already in jail doing 25 years. So, you know, the, the guys, my kids were, were used to seeing the whole family in prisons. And so,
1: when for you, when do you, like, consider your official, I mean, retirement from from the life? What year would you say?
0: Uh, officially, I guess, when uh, I get back from Brazil after everybody's cooperating against me. I think that that's what year? when I make that decision, it's, uh, I guess I make that decision about the end of 2007, 2008, something like that. And I testify, I think, in 2010 against the guys that are already cooperating. I mean, they can't, you know.
1: And so at that point, um, so you so basically you're growing up most of your life without him. Pretty much. And yeah. so, what what toll do you feel like that took on you then? And if is if that's something that's still I mean you guys have a great relationship now, but correct. Um, you know, <clears throat> how did that develop? A lot of resentment.
0: Really. A lot of resentment. His. Oh, he used to color me. Oh my God. Color me, you know, because he's a baby because I wouldn't be at his baseball game or something or well, graduation, so he used to use crayons, can hardly write, you know, he's a kid, right. seven, eight years old, <laughs> cursing me out. It's not funny, it was sad. You know, you're in jail, you cry from it. But you know, they don't know, and you know, they think that you're just not showing up.
2: Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't realize the toll that even as a kid and the resentment and like things that you say, like I look back at certain things that I said to him when I was even 17, 18 years old, when the, like the real core of this all happened, before people knew like what the real story was and he was just painted to be like you know some guy that didn't want to go to jail which is not the case but um, as a kid you don't understand and the neighborhood I'm in and the people you're around you don't process that so for me it's like forget this guy I don't want nothing to do with him he hasn't been around my whole life and now all of a sudden look at all the issues that it's causing so you know what? what is this you know I hated him mm-hmm. and then as you get older, you start to see certain things. Like I said, you know, I was around my older brother a lot as well. And, you know, we're around silly things as well and street and and you start to like, kind of piece things together. Like he always says, there's no loyalty, there's no trust, there's nothing. And is always an issue. I was always in an issue at one point. Like there was always some type of drama or whatever it may be. And, you know, as you start to mature and maybe get around certain people, like I said, like some doctors or some uh, successful businessmen, you know, you start to be able to process maybe, maybe he's not wrong, Mm -hmm. what the heck really did happen. And I don't think that hit me until he did come home and could like physically like, grab me and say, Hey, you know, stop doing what you're doing. You know, you're in a fistfight every other day, what what are you doing? Mm -hmm. What's going on? And me and him were butting heads all the time. He's like, you know, you're out a lot, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, you never, you weren't, you just got home, man. You know, I'm 20-something years old. Mm-hmm. Like, stop, so I'm gonna be 21. You know, mm-hmm. you think you're, right. you think you're so old. Right. And, uh, you know, he really, harmed, like, harped on everything and really got in my head and, and straightened me out.
0: And he, yeah. and he did. I showed him, uh, Felix, and you know he, he knows. <clears throat> I grew up on Jamaica Avenue. His family, his mother's family was in Howard Beach, which is a very strange neighborhood. You know, there's a lot of good people and there's a lot of bad people. But the, the neighborhood is not racially diverse. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a racial diverse neighborhood. So I grew up with a lot of black and Spanish friends, Irish, different groups. Didn't bother me. I taught my kids one thing. And one of the most important things was don't look at people's skin. So he grew up with his best friends was a group of them were all black. They weren't white. My son Jimmy grew up in Camden. And his friends were mostly black. And then they started seeing another side of, hey, daddy's right. Some of these guys are so judgmental in different ways. And I taught them not to be judgmental that way. And they're still like brothers, some of these guys I'm talking about with my sons. So he started to see slowly, not through the mob, but through my beliefs as as a man of what was right and what was wrong. And, and And they carried the way I started thinking. And without them realizing it, they started carrying the way I thought, and their mom thought, because their mom thought the same way. Mm-hmm. There was no color with us. And the same thing with the street, there was no real loyalty in the street. And I think I was trying to show them that. And when my older son went to jail a couple of times, and he didn't listen, because he was very wild, different mother. And a guy threatened to, to shoot him, and came back to shoot him, and my son shot him first. And the first thing that that tough guy did, gang member, was testify against my son gave a statement and i said you didn't want to listen i've been down this road you know but this is back on me though it ain't their fault because i brought them this on their lap where they thought this was okay somewhat to live that criminal <clears throat> life and that's why i have such a fight now just to, to, to try to help kids not just my own kids i don't speak just for my own kids i speak for every kid because i ruin my life i ruin other kids lives and all those families that are against me or for me doesn't matter they know the same thing I'm saying now their whole family suffered also
1: <clears throat> for you um, up until you're about 20 years old how how much of that time was he away for if you had to estimate
2: I think uh, I want to say he was gone by the time I was 11 he fled the country 11 12 years old
1: so and so, so he was so you were incarcerated from when he was
0: this is you know let's just get it just to get the timeline timeline i went to jail in 1990 got out 91 i went back to jail in 92 but i I got back out again i went and caught two cases 94 and 95 i went away in 96 got out at the end of 99 i got locked up again i was on house arrest then went back to jail in 2000 got back out was violated (laughs) went back in again in 2001 i know it's funny (laughs) but it's not 2002, I I was, uh, I just got off of uh, that second, that third case, I just saw a fourth case, whatever it was, fifth case. And then I went on a run in 2003, got locked up in 2004, spent almost two years and seven or eight months in a Brazil penitentiary. And then I did another six and a half here in the United States. So I did another 10 and a half there. I've been
1: away most of my so life. So basically so basically to to sum that up until you're about 20 what you were talking about 2021 20, he he wasn't here. No. Okay. missed everything. So so for so you at that point you're old enough to like when you're talking about resentment it's not just like little kid resentment anymore. No. It's like it's like grown man like It's to you think when you
2: get to I mean how old are you? If I'm you're 21. Right? You're 21. So you're a little you're a lot more mature than most 21 year olds mm-hmm. for your for, for you know from what I see. When you're 20 21 22 you think you got it figured out. So for me, it's like 21, you know, I'm 20. I did it all. I did most of it already, you know? All this stuff that I've been through, like, you know, I'm a man. I don't need you. What do I need you for? You don't support me. I don't need your money. I don't... What what do I need you for? And you think, but you don't realize as you get older, like, you know, even as you grow as a man, a lot of, you know, young men, they mourn for that. Like, Mm -hmm. you you need that figure in whatever way it may be. So whatever common ground you need to find with that father figure or your father I think is super important, and we found that.
1: Now, how did you guys end up, I mean, there's like the resentment period, but then what was the, uh, was there a moment or moments that were, where you put your resentment aside to kind of tell you, like to...
0: You we know. got an apartment together. Yeah. We really? were, you, were you yeah. like the odd couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah we, he moved, when he first came home, he basically moved, kind of moved right in. And it was just like, I was like, I don't want to deal with all this. Like, you know what I mean? And I was like, like, again, I was kept going out and mm-hmm. I was getting into trouble. And we were nose to nose a couple of times and, and stupid me, you know, you look, what a punk, like, what are you getting, you know, who, are, who are you to get nose to nose and like, you know, argue with your father and this and that, no matter what happened, you know, he still loves me and cared about me and, you know, just stubbornness, not mm-hmm. processing that. And then, like he said, we started living together. We kind of pushed some things to the side. And, uh, you know, he was still he was young, kind of. He was still a young old man when he came home. Yeah. So, you know, we hung out. We did a lot together. You know, we tried to make up for lost time. We'd go to a bar together. We'd go to the club together. You know, we made up for those times that were lost and times that he lost for for as long as he was gone.
0: Well, you, you know what you do and uh, i cut him off. When I'm in jail in Brazil and different places, I didn't see my other son and daughter from a different mother mm-hmm. for 11 and 12 years. And you're trying to take your last dollars. 11 till
1: straight. Straight, yeah. Wow.
0: And you taking the last dollars. I bought him a car. I bought my other son a car. I, bought my, I got my daughter braces. And you're trying to buy them from right. jail right. because you can't be their father. Mm-hmm. So whatever money you're scraping or you got left or whatever's going on, you're trying to buy uh, their love to tell them you care. But that's right. the only way you can do it. And these are the things that those kids that are on the street that I talk about without parents or their parents died or their parents are in jail, You know i know what they're feeling because they were feeling it you know i grew up a hard life i grew Mm -hmm. up a crazy life you know i grew up in and out of jails and you know uh in and out of hospitals you know always getting stabbed up or something so you know they they don't really understand they're too young to process all they know is when it comes to their school graduation from sixth grade i'm not there Mm -hmm. or when they're you know they're going to their confirmation I'm not there. When they're going to a school dance or something or their first girlfriend or their baseball game or football game, I'm not there. Or when they're sick and they want to go to the hospital, I'm not there. So, you know, these are the things that these kids that think they know, the pain and suffering of a family, Mm -hmm. as much as me and John Gotti Jr. have this odds with each other and everybody knows that, he needs to come to terms and tell his family, man, they must have suffered because... His father wasn't there, so he suffered. He didn't do the kind of time I did. I think he did about five years. But still, five years is a lot of time. And you're not there for your kids. So they have to have resentment. I don't have to be in his household to know they must be cursing him, yelling him, cursing him out. They don't want a relationship. Mm -hmm. Because every father, like all of us that are from the street, their kids are suffering so much by us. Mm -hmm. And look what my Mm -hmm. older son did. He went the complete opposite of them. My other two sons, him and his brother, They're good guys. They don't want nothing to do with the street because I enforce this. I scream at them. I don't want them doing this. I want them to just go to work, travel the world. They have great girlfriends. Uh, You know, they got good lives. So why ruin it with this? But then I also bring them around now. Some of my friends, like Genty, who's a, 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 a neurosurgeon, or my other friend who's a cardiologist, and he sees a different world and he's in the business world. So he meets real men, real gentlemen that go to work and who have real power, not the false power of our lives mm-hmm. that everybody only stays what you for out of fear or what you can do for them or what I've done in the past. It's, this is not what the real world's about.
1: And for you, so, I mean, all that stuff I think is um, very wise in a sense, and, and I'm sure it took you time to... Uh, understand these things? Is this what you're thinking about when you're in jail, realizing, you know, I'm gonna miss my son's graduation, I'm gonna miss um, his first girlfriend, whatever it
0: is? Well, you miss their Easter, you miss Christmas, you miss New Year's, you're wondering if they you know what, you know, and every father that's ever been in prison knows this. And some fathers lost their kids while they were in jail. They were from gun violence or, you know, gang violence or mob violence, whatever. But you know what you think about as they're getting older and it's Friday night or Saturday? You're in jail and you start panicking. Are they going to be okay? Are they out? Are they getting into a fight? Is somebody going to stab them? Are they going to shoot somebody? Are they going to be like I was? That's the last thing you want for your kid Mm -hmm. is a nightmare. So when I see guys put their sons in this life, I got to think you really must not care about your kid. And when they lie to their kids about exactly who they are or what they were really about, because you're only hurting your kids because your kids are believing this false narrative mm-hmm. of what you think you were, mm-hmm. when they really weren't about that. And I do the opposite. I tell these, my sons, listen to me. You can get into a fight every day if you want. You can hurt a guy every day if you want. But that is a dead end life. Mm-hmm. So why waste your energy there, stay positive, and get away from, you know, I, they traveled with me everywhere. We went all over Europe. We went to, I don't know how many countries we went over, to since I'm home, 10 countries or something. So there's a whole world out there right. that they need to, to, to realize as men, you can enjoy your life. A lot of these neighborhood kids, because of their parents, are stagnated their brain. They don't take them or, or teach them about operas or Broadway shows or education or you know, uh, business decisions or traveling the world. And these are the things that, you, you know, it's my responsibility, any father's and mother's responsibility to open the horizons of, of their children. These guys in the neighborhood—they got pea brains, a lot of them—and they make their kids think like them, and it's almost like cult-like.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. For you, I'm curious. Um, when you were growing up, first of all, did you did you visit? Yeah. in jails. Frequently? When he was in the
2: city, when he was in the city, it was tough too because we don't. I, I'm sixteen, uh, 17 After I get my license and all okay. that, he's in MCC in the city, so. Well, and I'm living in Jersey.
0: Well, it's not even that. I, you know, and again, there's only limited visits. Mm-hmm. They got to go to work. They got to go to school. They're in sports activities. When right. are you going to see them? Yeah,
1: right. Sundays. Know? I used yeah. to try on Sundays. How, how like, how, how many times could could you count on? Like, I didn't. It wasn't as frequent as I could have and okay. I should have. You know, because there
2: was still resentment there as well. Right. So, so
1: were you? So, were you? Because I know you have your, uh you have your brother. The little Ma- brother, yeah, yeah, Matt. but he was very young at the time. And he was how, he's, how five, he's five years oh, he's younger, five than years me. older than you, younger. Oh wow,
2: okay, five years younger than me. So when I'm seventeen, he's
1: uh, 12 12 years old. Does he? Does he feel? Did he feel the same way that than you did? N- I don't think as much. I think he was, he was
2: younger. He's younger, and you didn't know him, really. right? Where it was me? Did you it feel was, like you knew him before? I who my father? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Of course, because I'm around him. And then every time you get him tugged from you. So you're around, you know, for a couple of weekends, seeing him every other weekend. And then next thing you know, you visit him in prison.
0: Well, and Matthew was born in 96. Right. I go to prison and he's kind of raised because he's got an older brother. So he's taking care of him. Plus, his grandparents is on his mother's side were like the parents to him. Right. Because his mother got sick also at the time she had cancer. So they Mm. went through hell. So they don't really have a mother around because she had five operations. She was sick with cancer. I'm not around. And, and good thing they had good grandparents that right. stepped up. So they, and, and Matthew has him. On your side or? on No, on his okay. My, my father was around, but not like, mm-hmm. you know, not like his grandparents, they live with gotcha. him. So they were like parents to him too. So, you know, and so he had the, probably the most resentment in my other kids.
1: And your mom, uh, did she, I mean, you saw her as, you know, were you guys still married at the time when you were in jail, when he was young?
0: No, no, we never legally got married. Oh, you never and legally, legally got married. Right. But.
1: but she, um, what was that like to see your, you know, the, the, the mom or the, the almost wife perspective of having... <laughs> you better watch how you say it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so, us. <laughs> she gonna, she's going to call me later. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was, it was... Uh, that's you, also hard. You, Yeah,
2: it was, uh, how, how do I help? You know, because after we went, we didn't always, we stopped living in Queens at a certain point, right? We moved to New Jersey and I was 16 years old and you're 16, your mom's making minimum wage and you have a little brother and a dog. So it's all you and say, you know, Johnny, got to step up. What do we got to do? The best way I could step up is pay for myself, Mm -hmm. like take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Like, mom, don't worry about what you got to do for me. Let's figure out what we got to do to pay bills. He had money that he was helping us with as well as much as he could from where he was mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then like i said you just try and figure it out you know felix
0: you know you, you got to remember when you go to jail right. as kids they got everything they want i'm loaded with money so they're going to disney world i don't know how many times 10 times. Home, right? uh, you know we're, we're, they got mini bikes and quads and trikes and they're going on my property which they used to call like disneyland it was nickle, yeah nicknamed funland because they would go there with twenty kids, everybody has doom buggies and go karts You know, I got a ton of money. Everybody's got cars, and we're traveling everywhere. We're going to the, you know, the Hamptons. We're going to upstate New York. We're going to the Poconos <coughs> with his friend. I mean, you got a complete life from all this to all of a sudden a, a complete nothing. crash to, to nothing, to nothing, and, and everything's whatever. being taken from me. You know, all those houses are gone. How old were you when that, when that,
1: when like that quote unquote crash happened or where they took I it mean, the, the when, when I leave, when I leave. So yeah, I okay. leave
0: around 2003. But wow. prior to that, well, I'm getting hammered. You know, I just opened up a major club in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, I put a half a million in the club in those days. And, you know, you're going yeah, back 20 yeah. years. So, you know, and I just, you know, I had money all over the place. Things are dispa- disappearing. And the guys that are, are, are ratting on me all over the place, they're turning. And then I'm not sure... If money, some of my guys are still trying to bring right. money to his mother. I'm not sure if she should take it because I don't know who's get, who's ratting. I don't want to implicate more. I mean, it's a complicated situation, not as easy as people right. think. And then you're going for millions for lawyers, and then his mother gets gets dragged in too. I had to get a lawyer for his mother, for my sister, for my mom and dad. So you know, now you got everybody, all my cousins.
1: Everything's and, you know, turned upside. So up to,
0: some yeah. of them flipped on me, you know. So you know,
1: what would you what would you say to you know? kids at school that ask about your dad or um to be honest what's crazy
2: is through middle school and pretty much into high school nobody realized and especially me i shouldn't say nobody realized in new york everybody knew (laughs) and in middle school nobody really he wasn't really in papers and stuff like that middle school wasn't so much there because he's still out and about these cases didn't pop yet so middle school all right you know somewhat i'm sure the parents had somewhat of an idea and stuff like that when i moved to jersey is when nobody really knew anything and then there was one and then he wound up on the front page of a newspaper and like one kid in their family said something to me that i was friendly with i was friends with them he's like is this your dad and i'm like yeah i mean there's not many a lights you know what i mean like it's it's very difficult we're like the only a light so um it wasn't it wasn't a conversation when in jersey and that's where you that's where you learn that the neighborhood is such a bubble. Mm -hmm. And once I moved to Jersey, that's when I really started to expand horizons of going different places, visiting different colleges, going on vacations, not the typical neighborhood crap, you know? And uh, so Jersey wise, no, nobody, it was never really much of a conversation.
1: Was there ever over a period, whether it was school or or elsewhere, I don't want to say like a feeling of embarrassment, but like shame or like, you know, like I
2: had such an ego on me when I was a kid and I had this like such a tough guy complex, like, and I was a little loopy and I didn't care. So it wasn't like I was my own man to me. Gotcha. So it wasn't so much any of that. It was more so for me thinking who I was on the street or like this kid that could fight or whatever it may be. And a personal vendetta more than what anybody else said. I didn't give a
1: crap. And nobody really ever said much. Nobody ever said anything, really. Did you expect him to be in there forever for the rest of his life?
2: He would try and comfort us when we were younger and say, I'll be home one day. I'll be home one day. And as you get older, it starts to become old news. right? And you're just like, he's never coming home.
0: Yeah. Oh, they used to curse me out. They don't yeah. remember maybe. And right? I, well, yeah, no, we, I, I wrote well, a letter. You, you, you said you'd be home. You're yeah. not home. What the yeah. fuck so you, you
2: were, like
1: you're writing him a letter to. In yeah, jail. yeah.
2: Don't ever talk to me again. The uh, no. whole thing. Well, like,
1: What's that like when when you I mean you're in jail and like you know like they're younger and maybe there are things that you you'll that because of your experience and your older age you'll be able to like you know you'll be able to probably hash out some point in time. But I imagine you're in jail, it's not a pleasant feeling, and then, all, and then all, on top of that you get a well, letter Because it was but,
0: such a, my, look now what we're going through, it's such a complicated situation. It wasn't like I just wanted to rob the bank and I told on somebody. That's not <laughs> the case. Yeah. I never got caught. So when the guys were all yelling and ratting, rat, rat, everybody ratted on me because I never got caught. This is the whole thing of this whole bubble thing, of me saying, hey, all these guys were telling on me, that's mm-hmm. how I got caught. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I never got caught doing anything. So I'm tr- but it's too hard to explain to children. And as they're, they're, they're teenagers, it's still a complicated situation to right. talk about mob business with anybody. And despite what everybody thought, everybody really thought my family discussed things with me. They really didn't. I'm not the typical because of the Albanian culture. We don't discuss things with our women in the house. It's a cultural thing. It has nothing to do with the mob. So, like, if my mother would say to me, what's going on? I'd tell her, shut your mouth and mind your business go back in the kitchen. You know, go clean the house. And, you know, my father would never say to her, you know, uh, yell at me and say to you know, answer your mother. That didn't work like that in our, uh, our fa- family dynamics. So this discussion or with his mother, she wasn't allowed to ask me anything. She knew guys. She, she would see him, hello. She, she knew, had an idea who they were, but never could ask me my business. And it was never discussed. And nobody in my family goes on internet on the, on the women or any, or even them. I don't like it. And go get involved in anything. So until today, I'm the same way. I don't want to hear it from anybody. So I think that it was very hard to, you know, and look at the situations all over the media now, back and forth, because it's not what everybody tried to make it out to be until I came home. And then when you ask these questions, well, had they catch Johnny A-light? You never caught me when I think, so how am I here? How did I get in that situation? From informants and rats that were all mob guys and mob bosses mm-hmm. from several families and captains, but it wasn't from me getting caught, because I was never caught. I was never caught on videos or anything. So how do you discuss that with a child you can't? Right. They just, in their minds, I hurt them, I abandoned them, I chose the mafia over them, and, and it, really, they're right. I chose that world over my family. I chose, I had millions. I could have took my family and moved to, let's say, anywhere, California, beautiful place on the water, I could have bought a mansion on the water and become a rat, right? Or if, I hate using that word, but that's the terminology street guys. Use. I could have said, I could have looked out for me and my family first, bought a house and said, all right, I'll talk. I chose not to do that. I chose to leave them for my mob enemies, not my mob friends, my mob enemies. And when I did that, I got screwed by the mafia the way they do screw you. They all started cooperating against me.
1: Is that something that I mean? Now I'm sure you've you've come to terms with all the decisions that you've made in your life, but um, you know, do you still do you have any regrets of you know choosing that life over your family?
0: No, that's why I'm out here advocating. I tell everybody, choose your family first, choose your life first. You only got one life. And life's about survival. Listen, I got friends. Everybody always asks me this. I know a ton of guys still in the mob, and I'm friends with a lot of them. Right. I don't bother with them as far as socialize or business with them or, you know, if we see each other, hello, how are you? And that's it. I mean, they make their choices, men. I made my choice as a man and we got to live with it on both sides. And I'm not dictating uh, any kind of way to live your life. If they choose to live it that way, and, I, and, and some of my friends who are very dear to me that I like, that are involved in that life still, I wish them nothing but the best. Mm. I don't want to see them taken away from their families. I know, though, that you can't trust nobody in that life I know it's not like I'm a naive kid anymore that guy's your best friend today becomes your enemy tomorrow that guy that loves you so much brother brother is the guy shooting you in the back of your head Mm -hmm. that guy when he gets jammed up and his wife and kids tell him we're not gonna be bothered with you so you got to choose us or them a lot of them right off the bat choose their family and you're never gonna be chosen over family if you really believe that you're delusional I did the extreme I left my family and said, "I'll make arrangements to come back to you, or send you to me. And yeah, I'm going to start yeah, a new life."
2: Yeah, the big thing was you saying that. You, the big thing was was you saying that uh, we'd figure out how. when things settle down, things will settle down. When you were in, we were on the run. I wasn't. Things Cuba will settle down. I'll, we'll figure out how to get you here. We'll figure out how to. You know, you'll be here. Give me another year or two. We'll figure this out.
1: I have a question for you. Do you? And this is something that like, oh. is funny because. Whenever whenever I, I bring up the show and stuff like that, um, you know, you have to sometimes explain it in a few sentences of like what this show is about. And you know, when you first say mafia, people are like, um, but for you, this is and it's kind of similar borders that that that's same topic. How do you convince or do you try um, when explaining to someone or um, or if you were to explain to someone that this is actually a good guy?
2: The best is if you if we meet somebody or we know somebody or something like that and like they, they don't know who he is, that's the best thing ever. Like the people that don't know him because they don't know what he did, they don't know anything about him, and then usually it's afterwards they'll be like, That's your then like they realize like they'll they'll do research or like they'll put something in the computer or they come across like who he is and they're like, Wait, that's your dad? Like if I heard that was your dad before I met him, I would have think he was the scariest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Anybody that I that I know that has ever met him has, always said he's just a, a laid back. I would never think he did
1: what he did. Right. I mean, I think, and you know, it's funny because I had a. Uh...
0: Well, what, let, well, let's let let me ask you a question. Yeah. What does your family say? Because you're on the show with me, your. Oh, no, and it's and
1: it's a very it's a very valid point. You know, for me. When I always try to, when I, when I tell people that I do this show um, and when I first brought it up to, to my family, it's, you have to understand like my role, right? First, we, and you have to put the facts on the table. And this is for everybody that's listening that ever has anything negative to say about um, this show is, first of all, you are not in the mafia currently, right? That would be a very, that, that's a big distinction to make. Um, second of all, you did your time, um, which is also a big thing to, to take note of. And third of all, it's like okay. First of all, I'm a podcast host, so I'm not. We're not. You know, we're not doing mob dealings. Well, not on the air, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get me in trouble for that. Um, but no, but in all, everybody su- <laughs>
0: knows I like the joke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but in all seriousness, it's like I, as someone who is so beyondly far removed from any of this life, and I grew up s- like a hundred times differently than you, than you, than anybody else in that life. Everybody <clears throat> is. I think that most. Uh, curious people at least are interested by what the mafia was or what organized crime was. Um, Because at the end of the day, there was a lot of bad, probably all bad, but it's at least interesting. And it's a a part of, especially as someone who grew up in Brooklyn and New York, it's a part of our history. Um, Not when I was around, but it's a part of New York history. It's a part of American history. And I think that, so when you brought the opportunity to me, it was like, well, this is going to be a very interesting show, very different than what I do on my show, um, but very, uh, it, it, it's just, it's fascinating. And It's also, you know, I always think about it this way as well, is um, it's, it's a, you guys are a dying breed of, not to say dying, but like, there's only a few. Watch f- your
0: words. Yeah, <laughs> there's only, but
1: there's only a few of like, you got of the top, well, of the top guys at
0: listen, left. Listen, you know, you know oh, wait, I let tell me everybody. say one more thing. Let me say
1: one more thing when it comes to how I how I talk about you. It's uh, It's same exactly what Johnny's saying is like. For me, I could never see you. I could never like. I, I can't only know him you doing that. Yeah, I only know you as you now. You know what I mean. So I only know like I couldn't picture like all the stories. There's stories, but sometimes you get desensitized to it because I've never seen you in, in an aggravated state. I've never seen you hurting someone. You know what I mean. <laughs> he doesn't raise his voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's very. All right, I'm gonna tell
0: you what happened today. I was parking a car. Right, just now. At No, I went to back in the spot and the guy went to jump in the spot. I jump out of the car. Two women are outside the car. He thought I was going to get out and be aggressive. And he opened the window and I says, why can't you just be a gentleman? I said, you want the spot that bad? I'll give it to you. I said, well, you didn't have to do that. He thought I was going to be aggressive. And the woman was like, no big deal. You can have the spot. It's only a spot. Now, maybe when I was younger, I would have been a different guy. But You know, this is me now, this ain't me years before. But I'm going to tell you as a parent, because if I was your mother and father, I would say, are you safe? Right? Because they don't know. They hear differences, one. Do you think he's normal or is he going to put you in harm's way somehow and and put you in bad situations? So as a parent, I would worry. But as you knew me, because I tell people, all kidding aside, you know, this every way we go. He's like my son. So we became very close. So when people look at them and they'll say to himself, would I ever put you in harm's way? I would never put you in harm's way or any kid like I wouldn't put in my own sons. That's why I get furiated when someone tries mm-hmm. to involve them in my life because they're not involved in this life. So if somebody does have an issue with me, be meant and take the issue here. Don't bring it there, just like I don't bring it to your kids, because we all have kids. I've said this over and over again. If there's an issue with me, even with your kids if you want to extend it to your kids having an issue with me because you claim or you put your, you're dumb enough to put your kids there then it's with me don't be be half gentleman at least if you can't be full gentleman gentleman we don't involve families that, that's not what the american mafia here in the united states does because yep. and this is not a threatening way but i've said it over and over again we all have families and everybody, a mother of a child that's not, nothing to do with the mafia, protects their, their cubs. So, no different than me, if anybody ever made that fatal mistake, then I'll make that fatal mistake also. Yeah. So, that's very simple. And I'm, I tell my kids, if anybody ever hurt me, mind your business. If anybody ever killed me, mind your business. That was part of the life I chose. Whether I walked away from it or not, everybody else didn't. I get it. It was our rules. We all get it, but be decent human beings and stop the kid games and teaching your kids bad habits. That's all I, I I say. The same thing.
1: Yeah, and I think I mean I think also with with regards to this show, um, you know, it's and and it gets of course it gets repetitive in a sense about talking about kids, but a good kind of repetitive. Um, and that's also that's another reason why you know I signed on to be part of the show is ultimately like people have their people are gonna say whatever they want to say. But um, they can't argue about two things. They can't argue about at least that the show has a positive message, and they can't argue that um, that at least the content is interesting. And and the fact of the matter is, And
0: sometimes I'm a little funny. I and tell so, jokes.
1: Yeah, and also it's just you know it's again it's 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 in, it's just interesting. You know What's what
0: I saying? Crime don't pay unless you pay with your life. So right. don't play. In and the I street. think
1: it, it. I mean, it, it's it's also you know. Um, it's not just a, you, you'll pay in the street, but it's like your families will pay, you know, your son will pay. Um, and but I think it's ultimately at the end of the day. Uh, and that's why I'm super happy that we had you on the show so that people can. So not only I could learn because I hadn't had a, yeah. this conversation with you, but um, that people can hear, you know, what it's like for for the families, too. Because I'm sure that there are hopefully kids out there that listen to your story that maybe had an incarcerated dad or mom. I've had um, people reach out. What is? What do they say? I've had friends that have had fathers get locked
2: up, and they've reached out to me, and not for mob stuff or anything, just stupid things, you know, uh, money, whatever it may be. I had a friend of mine, not gonna name names, his father went away for something silly, did like two years, and he had a really hard time with it, because mm. he was so close with his father. And he had reached out to me on Instagram, and he's like, John, what did you do? How did you handle this? How did you get through it? What can I do for my father? And I and I gave him advice. and. His father came home. <clears throat> they actually invited me to his wedding, um, you know, introduced me to his father and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he thanked me. He was just like, listen, you know, I appreciate that time yeah. you gave me and that advice. It, it helped me yeah. and, uh, you know,
1: got me through that time. And his dad's his best friend. And that's, I mean, that's like, those are awesome stories. You know yeah. what I mean? Like,
0: well, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, because there are some good mob guys that are active out there. And, and, and who I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to say their names. They know who they are. One was activists in the street. And two of them are in jail. None of them are guys. They're still active members. They actually asked me to talk to their kids. To me, those are real men, because they don't want their kids on the street, and they asked me to talk to them because they can't reach them, and they're scared that their kids are going to get killed, lose their life to prisons. Those are men. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys, and and I don't need to divulge who they are, and they're, but they're active. And when these guys reach me, or guys in prisons that are doing big sentences reach me, that are active, never cooperated. This is the goal of what motivates me. motivates me. So they end up in a good life, like you have, or he has, or 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 Josh Nechaws have, because that's my motivation. My motivation isn't for these active guys that talk like right. idiots, or or they're, or they're teaching their kids. I can't mm-hmm. really get mad, even though I say that about the kids. Kids are harmless. It's not their fault that they're growing up stupid. Mm-hmm. It's because their parents are too stupid to teach them not to ruin their lives.
1: Yep. Well, I think uh, you know, and that's and that's what we'll continue doing with the show and I think people that have listened to it long enough know know what it's about. Um, you know, I think uh, I mean there again, there are times ta- there are times where you're recounting past stories as well that it gets a little bit more gruesome. Um, and and uh, you know, and truthfully like sometimes we, I I personally just try to stray away from that because you know, what, what, what good does that really do? But it's, it's, it's the history. It's the truth, it's what happened. So, um, you know, and, and it's part of your life. And, and that's something that you're gonna have to deal with for the rest of your life and that you, well, you know, every day. It, it,
0: you know, some of the past violence, and especially me and I talk about it and I'm very open about it, is the only way, if you really are straightforward and forthright with how violent it was, is the only way the next kid will listen in my belief to say, wait, so they don't go down that path because they're getting it firsthand. Because if somebody, like I tell this all the time when I do talks at colleges and you know this, or or university uh, <laughs> with, with the different law enforcement there, those street kids, those hardcore street kids aren't gonna listen to that law, law whoever that is, chief of police, or whatever. In conjunction with me talking, they listen. But without me, you know what they say to every school teacher, every doctor, every se- therapist, every psychiatrist, same thing I said. What do you know? You weren't, you didn't do it. But the respect level comes from a guy like me. When they see me respecting the chief of police or an ex-agent that does a talk with me, and they see that I, or the way I speak highly of a lot of police officers, I'm always speaking up for them because I know they don't want problems just like we don't want problems. And if you learn to get along with each other through different reverse programs and different things and respect each other, maybe some of this violence will stop on the street with police, with neighborhoods, inner cities, and my job I think now as a different person is to advocate non-violence and respect for each other. Yep. And that's all I always talk about. I don't pick a side that way.
1: 100%. Um, let's wrap it up, but you have a lot of great businesses and things that you're doing. I do. If people out there are uh, interested. Let's let's plug it away so they sure. can...
2: Sure. Uh, really, I'm becoming a... I became a partner in a, in a merchant services program uh company I should say do brokering of POS systems and helping uh small business, even large business lowering their uh merchant processing fees. Um so you
1: if know, people are interested where could they could they email you or yeah, get you up, Uh or? they
2: could go to uh greenpayments.io um that's our website or you guys could actually uh, email me to my
1: email, and I don't know it by heart. But so you know you that's can, fine. We'll, we'll put it on the the, yeah, descri- the, on the, the link. Script, so. Um, and then you have an Instagram as well.
2: I do have an Instagram. Uh, it's uh, John Patrick uh, Associates, and uh, that's that.
0: True John Alight, uh, True John Alight Instagram and johnelite.com website. And if anybody wants to reach my son through any of the businesses, and you can always reach me and yeah, and I and I could pass it forward. So.
1: Perfect. And I'm at felix.levine on Instagram and. Uh, Pleasure to have you on, man. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Don't forget my new book, Mafia International, uh, John A. Light. And uh, hope to hear from you all on Patreon for the Q&A, live. Thank you, everybody.
1: Beautiful. Thank you.